We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This episode was sponsored by Magnum Ice Cream. Magnum Ice Cream believes in more chocolate, more sauces, and more of what makes you, you. If you know me, I love chocolate and I love Valentine's Day. It's a celebration of love and friendship and what a better way to express these feelings than with the ultimate indulgence, Magnum Ice Cream. Whether you're planning a romantic evening with your partner for Valentine's Day or a fun-filled night with your gal pals for Valentine's Day, Magnum Ice Cream Bars are the perfect addition to your celebration and the perfect pairing for chocolate and cookie lovers. Indulge in the moment, indulge in love, indulge in Magnum Ice Cream. Because when it comes to love, friendship, and ice cream, more is definitely more. Do you ever see a successful woman on your feed or in a magazine and think, wow, it must be nice to have it so easy? Well, think again. Behind that glossy cover or smiling face is a ton of hard work, countless failures, and endless learning experiences. I'm Rebecca Minkoff, and I'm here to tell you that success isn't a walk in the park. It takes grit, resilience, and a willingness to take risks. That's why I created Superwoman, a podcast that peels back the varnish and gets into the nitty-gritty of what it takes to make it as a woman in today's world. From luminaries and game changers to women you've never heard of but should, this podcast is here to inspire you to take your next leap, no matter how daunting it may seem. We'll explore the sacrifices these women have made, the highs and lows they've experienced, and the lessons they've learned along the way. So if you're ready to be inspired and learn from some of the most successful women out there, join me on Superwomen. Together, we'll uncover the stories behind the successes and prove that with hard work, determination, and a little bit of luck, anything is possible. Hey everyone, you're listening to Superwomen. Today's guest is Erin Leachy. Most of you know her from The Real Housewives of New York, but Erin's actually been working since she was 19. She earned her master's degree in sustainable development from New York University, and in 2023 was named one of New York's top real estate agent. In addition to everything she does on season 14 of The Real Housewives of New York, she also has many businesses, including one called Mezcaluna, which you guessed it, is an incredibly delicious, sustainably minded and sourced Mezcal. We go deep on this episode about some of the accusations i.e. her type A personality and why she is that way, but also what she loves to do and little unknown facts like she used to be a handbag designer. What? Anyways, it was really fun episode to shoot this and get to know Erin. Take a listen. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. (laughs) I'm excited. I know I am too. I feel like we had that moment where I think you thought I was Tolly at the Glamour Awards. And I was like, I'm not Tolly, but I I know she knows you. (laughs) She's so cute. Yeah. That was a nice breakfast we had. I know. That was good. It was fun. Yeah. So it's Valentine's Day. Yay. It's Galentine's Day. Galentine's. Yeah. I feel like who celebrates Valentine's Day anyway? I mean, I'm not celebrating it. I know. Why bother? My kids get whatever. Whatever. So we're going to cheers to this. This is a good celebration. Right? Eating ice cream. I mean, for breakfast, right? Uh huh. <laughs> Except I hate how I look when I take a bite mm. on video. Delish. It's good. Like a mom. 
I have napkins <laughs> for us. I'm bad. I don't have any. <laughs> and I need it because it just fell into my shoe. Oh, shit. It fell into your shoe? I think so. Oh, no. That's okay. Chocolate in your shoe. Worst you things have happened. Thank you. Um, so, <clears throat> as we sit here eating our delicious Magnum ice cream, mm. um, I would like to talk about things that people haven't read about you, uh-huh. haven't watched about you, because I feel like the internet can can answer all those questions. And I would love to start with, you know, pre-Roni. Mm-hmm. What? I'm gonna eat this whole thing, by the way. Okay, great. I'm gonna I'm gonna eat this too. I really shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it away from me at some point. Okay, One well, if bite. you want, it's right here. This bite. is off camera. Okay. Um, what was your path and journey and interest and work pre? Mm, okay, so I'll give you my whole story. Yeah, I want I want I want it all. Uh, I've always worked, like even as a young teen. Okay, let me put this away before I eat the entire thing at 10 a.m., which I honestly would do. Thank I know. You. It's delicious. Um, so I've always worked. And then I went to college at 19. My mom was like, you should get a real estate license so that you can Cause you know, work summers. Because your family is in real estate. Yeah. Yeah. My dad owned a business in New York, um, like the Zohan. He had an electronic business. He's like literally <laughs> so, so like stereotypical. Um, but... So she was like, get your license and you'll work, you know, summers. So I got my license at 19 in college and started working summers with her in real estate. And then um, when I graduated, I did like, I had like different jobs. Like I worked with a friend of mine, you probably know, the Rosens. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Austin was a good friend of mine from high school and we he had started a new business, Jackson Jokers, which I'm sure you, I don't know if you've no. heard. Do you know Scott uh, Learer? Learner? Scott Lerner. No. Anyway, I worked with them on this like t-shirt line that they had. We'd go to like the Vegas trade shows. And that was really interesting. And then um, I ended up, you know, my mom had this building that was like really – so the way a lot of new developments will sell is just like completely bare bones. So you come and you basically look at an empty space. Some people like to purchase like that. Some people don't. But I find it really interesting to sell that way because you really have to sell vision. Yeah. So it was really – it was like very, very raw. Middle of winter, my mom was like, listen, it's too cold. I can't handle this. Like you sell it. I'm like, okay. So I think I was like 22 or something. I started selling this building and I did really well. So the the head of new development for her company at the time was like – She's got something. Yeah. So he kind of plucked me from that. And I ended up selling four buildings, four new developments by the time I was 23, which then sparked my interest in um, new development. And so I went to NYU to grad school for sustainable development, got my master's at the same time, met my husband, got married. Um, we started a fashion business, actually. You did? Yep. We Which had was a handbag what? line. Oh, hold on. I know. What was it called? It was called Aaron Dana, and then it turned into Framework, which okay. was like we ended up selling the name actually to Frame, but um, it was a shit show. Like, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I would never go back into the fashion industry ever again. Like, I'm scarred. Uh, I'm scarred, and I'm still there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I, it's not What for was me. the worst part about it for you? I think so. We started making them. We started making everything in New York with. Um, By Cal? I need to see. If Joe? I can, no, he was in Dumbo at the time on J Street. Oh, yeah, I know that Do guy. Do you know him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name? 
I helped. I tried to help him sell his building after a while. He moved to the Navy Yard. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I'm blanking I on his lo- name. I got so I got really close with him. Yeah. Like we still keep in touch. He's so sweet. It's like Angelo, but it's something like that. Oh, I know it's gonna. Come I'll, to I'll us remember. Later. Anyway, he he and I got like very close. We were making all these samples, but it was such like a money suck. I know every sample, every mold. Anyway, kept doing it, and then that sparked into making them in Colombia, which was really interesting because we worked with this like women-owned factory that. It was just a beautiful thing to do, but the quality wasn't great. Yeah. You know, the leather wasn't great. So then we end up meeting through, I don't even know who it was through anymore, but through a friend, we ended up meeting a, a head of Lee and Fung. Okay. So we started making them at Lee and Fung. We got very close with the president, like went to his 50th birthday. It was great, but their minimums were crazy. I know. Then we had a PR team, and I, I will not name, but they were very expensive and like kind of sucked us dry. It was just like the ketchup. You know? I do. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so I... And what year was this? Um, We started it in like 2012 or 2013. Okay. okay. It lasted a few years. We then shifted. We came back to New York. Actually, my dad and his partners own a building a block away. Okay. So we were working on 38th Street. We had someone in-house making these like custom beach bags with, you know, like bachelorette type things with their names on that. I mean, it was fine. We made money, but like it wasn't sustainable. Right. Was that so, hard to stop or you were just like, let me get the fuck out? Well, my husband ended up like we got into it, like really into it together. And we saw a lot of like light at the end of the tunnel. So he ended up leaving his law career and we were doing it together. And then it got really bad. We right. People actually don't know this. So this is a good story to tell. But we like we got to a point where we were like we had no money. Right. Like actually. Yeah. Like I saw my car get repossessed. We, we were always like smart and mm-hmm. we always bought real estate. We bought property. We flipped it on in-house kitchen. We did really, really well. And then we bought something in Bushwick, built that and ended up doing really well with that. But we had to move out of it because it was like we couldn't afford it. Wow. Yeah. So you're Best at- thing though that ever happened to me. I mean, so- I think that sometimes those things teach you so many lessons. Yeah. And, and to come back from that, you have a strength of like, well, I've almost lost it all. I, if I can survive that, I can survive anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've almost lost it all way too many yeah. times to 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 stomach. So when you decided, okay, I'm done, were you I sad? had just had a, my second baby. Okay. So it was like, this can't, I, I mean, I can't be at the, at the in this stage when I have two kids. Yeah. And a small child that I have to, like, care for and I can't even... And your car got repossessed. Yeah. Like, I can't afford my car. Like, this isn't working. Right. So, we both kind of were just like, we got an offer, which was actually very helpful to sell the name. And we took it. Yeah. Um, And we were just like, all right, what are we going to do? And so, my husband was looking for, like, law jobs, like, going back into big law. I mean, he was a big lawyer for a while at uh, Kazowitz, actually. Um, he was on like one of the biggest cases and bank cases in the world. And, and then like something sparked with him and something sparked with me. And he was like, he, at one point he was like, I'm going to start a t-shirt line. I was like, fuck off. No, you're not <laughs> like, you're going back to law. So one day he was like, I remember he was sitting in like the penthouse of our like townhome. And he's like, I had, he woke up the next day. He was like, I have this incredible idea. I'm going to start my own thing. Right. And entertainment and startup law because I know how to do it now. Right. Because he was our attorney. Yeah. And he, and he really crushed it. Like he's one of the biggest, you know, whatever it's called, IPO trademark yeah, and yeah. like IP. IP. Thank you. I just said IPO. <laughs> There's the Smart. dits in me. Um, and trademark and entertainment attorneys, you know, in the industry now. And 
I went back into real estate, started working for Frederick, and a you light bulb. You didn't want to go back to work with your parents. I never really like work. Like I just, I had my license with my mom's firm, and yeah. I would help her sell. Yeah, but I never really like worked for her. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but no, the short answer, no, I did not want to work with my mother again. Um, so I went back and worked with Frederick and a light bulb went off for me when I started selling these like high, high end luxury apartments that there was something missing in the industry in terms of interior design that focused on the market and also the client. So when I built that my townhouse in Bushwick, I remember thinking, who's going to move here? Because right. eventually I'm going to sell this. So who's who's the buyer? And I knew that they were going to come from the East Village or Williamsburg. And they were probably going to want more outdoor space, which is what they can't get where they are now. And I got a buyer from the East Village and exactly wanted the things that I put into it, which was a lot of outdoor space. Yeah. And I was like, why don't designers and architects think about this? Yeah. So then I started my interior design business, Homegirl, which is great. And it like blends, you know, trend forecasting, which I learned from designing and real estate. Wow. Yeah. And you had that and you still have that. Yeah. And then you said, let's launch tequila. Okay. Or mezcal. We're like serial entrepreneurs here, as you can tell. Um, What kind of made you switch? Okay. So I'll be very honest, but about, I think like 12 years ago or 15 years ago, we went on our, our first trip to Tulum. I fully fell in love. Like the lifestyle, it's so beautiful. You're in the middle of the jungle, but you're on a beach. It's just like exactly what I love. Um, it got a little touristy, but it's still it's still a beautiful place. Yeah. And I remember one day one of the guys at the house, we became friendly with one of the guys who like was running the house. He came home and he was like, let's do mezcalitas. And we're like, what's a mezcalita? We took these shots and I remember drinking a lot. And feeling okay the next day. Yeah. And I'm like, how is this possible? So he started explaining, well, mezcal is better for you than tequila because of this and this and this. And that's why people drink it here. And I was so hooked. And we started exploring mezcal. And honestly, when we got on the show, we were like, this is kind of a perfect opportunity to build this brand now. Because yep. always, it's always been in the back of our minds. So that started it. So did you did you launch it coinciding with being on the show? Or you already had sort of had everything in place? No, we launched it. I got on the show and I was just like thinking like, what do I want to do? Like, what's a, what's a product that I want to sell? Cause that's not what I'm in the service industry. So is Abe. So we're like, you know, it's, it's takes time away from that when you're on a show like this. Um, so we were thinking about a product and we were like, oh my God, the mezcal. Yeah. And that's where we came up with Mescaloom, which is Mescal Tulum. Yeah. Kind of like summer in a bottle. Yeah. Tulum in a bottle. Yeah. Um, and we just started it. I mean, it, we raised good amount of money. You know, it wasn't hard like my fashion business was. I think also it feels so natural because yeah. it's right. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that. I was forcing that other business. And it's hard to give it up when you're in it because also I'm very stubborn and like I want to win. Same. You know, but... It was just time and like this just feels so right. Like I can feel it in my bones. People say trust your gut. It's so true. Yeah. Was it hard to learn like to go into an industry that virtually is you knew nothing about? Well, we did it things very differently this time because we learned from our mistakes and we brought in a lot of partners. We have an incredible advisory board. I mean, we have a, a 
person on an, our advisory board and an investor that was the president of Boston Beer Company. Okay. So like he tells us what to do. Right. You know, and we have a lot of people like that. And also actually our Mescalero is our partner. So he invested because he's so excited about it. So wow. it's just a different thing now. It's we have a lot of heads. We have board meetings. We have it's just a whole different animal. Right. You've taken every single thing you did wrong and made sure that you didn't repeat that yeah. mistake. Yeah. Isn't that the nice thing about getting older? It is. I love <laughs> I think every year gets better. It People does. complain about getting older. I love it. I'm not upset about the number. I'm just upset about like the the changes in the body that I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. Things are, it's harder to get back into things. For sure. So, um, you were portrayed as very type A. Yeah. And we didn't see a lot of your personal life. Yeah, I know. It was all cut out. We filmed a lot of it. What, like, talk to me, like, what, what do you wish had been about your personal life and you, you off camera or, you know, that you feel like didn't get shown? Yeah. I mean, I wish people understood how I grew up because it dictates a lot of the way I am. Yeah. Obviously, like most people. Um, you know, I grew up taking care of my siblings. You know, my dad was a single father. It was very challenging. My mom is my mom, but my younger siblings are half siblings. Okay. And my dad raised them. Long story. Um, Sorry, I'm confused. I'm the oldest. My dad and my mom had me. Yeah. And then they got divorced. My dad got remarried and had four kids. Okay. And, and he then raised them. Their mom is not in the picture and he raised them. Wow. So, and my dad's an immigrant. Like, he has the heaviest accent. People don't understand him on the phone. So, like, he needed a lot of help. Yeah. And I was the girl, you know, like the oldest girl. So, I mean, my dad would go to Israel for work for two weeks and I would, like, in high school, like, wake my siblings up and be like, let's go breakfast. Like, how school. old were they? I mean, they were like kids. I mean, my sister's four years younger than me, and then it's like one after another. Wow. My youngest brother's 10 years younger. Basically, Child Protective Services, had they known, would have taken <laughs> to you guys. Well, I don't know. Then. Maybe. I don't know. My dad was just, he just like, he thinks differently. Yeah. He's just very, he's off the boat. You know, it's not. Yeah. It's just a different mentality. But um, yeah, so I grew up feeling a lot and like holding a lot of people's emotions and caring a lot. Like I moved my brothers into college. My dad doesn't know how to do that. Like right. He doesn't know how to shop at Target for like college things. Right. I think it's like it's there's a dichotomy there because on one hand, it affords me the ability to handle a lot. You know, like I can multitask and I'm comfortable with it and I'm not scared of a lot of people all the time. But also it makes me very like regimented and sort of organized and yeah, you have to be. Yeah. So people don't know that. Well, also, I think there's probably a perception of like, oh, real estate, parents, yeah. oh, little rich girl, right? Yeah. That they, they used to, the girls on the show would say like, oh, like you have a trust fund or things like that. And it's like, I mean, I, I'm not, I would never say that I didn't grow up comfortably because I did. Yeah. And I think that takes away from my parents who worked really hard to give me a good life. Right. Um. But it wasn't easy. Right. And you – yeah. I think the thing that sometimes annoys me is people are like, oh, if you grew up comfortably, like you, you – that's a bad thing or something. Right. Right? Like you should be penalized for that. Saw that a lot on my show. <laughs> I think that's a weird thing. Like, oh, I'm, like it's Same. not like you chose – it's not like you chose that. 
And, and what's wrong with that? Right, right. I want my co- my kids to grow up comfortably and to what's, say that. Yeah, what's wrong with it is the people that grow up comfortably and then never know how to work hard yeah. and never do anything and don't make anything of themselves but live off of it. That's, right. you know. It's actually sad for them. Right. Right, because they never know the the joy of getting your car repossessed or on right. my, my side being kicked out of my apartment or Con Ed waiting oh, for me downstairs. You? Yeah, oh my God. yeah. My roommate was like, "You haven't paid me," and I was like, "You're right, I haven't," and and I'm gonna. Yeah. Um. So you felt like you wish that side of you would have been more showcased. Well, there were like beautiful conversations with you know. My dad and my siblings, I took my sister to buy her wedding dress because that's on me to do that. Yeah. You know, so there were like these beautiful moments that I think made me like a real person. Yeah. And none of that was shown. And there was also in the Hamptons one point where I broke down. Really, Jenna like said things that got me. Like she understood me and she was like, you know, you're 35, like you have a house, like you have kids, you have two businesses. And she like laid it all out and I started sobbing because I was like, it is a lot. Like sometimes it's a lot. It's just a lot. You know, all the things that I need to like keep up with. And sometimes like a friend will text me and be like, you haven't checked in on me. And it's like, oh my God, now you are complaining because I have to check in on you too. Like it just doesn't end. Right. So I think sometimes the the amount we are giving is so much that you don't even realize it. Yeah. Whether it's work and making sure because it's your business that everybody's happy and then kids, husband, like it's, it's a, a lot. lot. Yeah. And I think as women too, we just we like I mean, my husband does a lot, but he's not gonna make the doctor's appointments. Right. He's not gonna he doesn't know. Like he just doesn't do those things. Right. Right. So it's on. It's yeah. on you. It's on mom. So how do you sort of stay calm? Because you're very calm. I mean, I've only hung out with you like this is our third time. No, I'm pretty calm. Um, I don't know, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. Do you ever have a freak out? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. But I think, you know, I think when you have a strong base, you know, like I'm super close with my dad and my siblings. And I think like the fact that I can, and my mom, but we have, you know, mother daughter situation that goes on sometimes. Oof. Yeah. But she's my critical one in my life. Same. Like, I love her to death, but she too. can rile me up like no other. No other. No one else can get me like that. Yep. Well, why'd you do, you know, Levi told me, I'm like, could you just be here and I know. not say anything for one second? I know. <laughs> But I think when you have that, like, that base, you know? Yeah. It's a, it, like, if I'm really frustrated, I'll call my sister and I'll just rant. Yep. And then it's it's out. I'm done with it. That's good that you yeah. have that, like, trusted, confident oh, person. Yeah. Because now, especially with the show, I'd love to get into, like, what's changed for you? What's remained the same? Um, do you feel like you can no longer have any privacy? I don't, I don't notice I don't know if there's something wrong with me or (laughs) – because truly, I just – I don't know. I feel the same. I mean, I don't think we're, like, that famous. We're housewives. You know, it's not like – Yeah. That's just how I see it. But to America, it's a big show. Yeah. Right? I mean, maybe it's, like, New York City. People respect, like, your private – I mean, people come up to me on the street. Yeah. This morning I went – I, like – bribed my kids to get up early and get to the bus on time so i was like i'll bring you to dunkin donuts which i never do yeah if you get up early so we were early and we were walking in and this woman was like oh my god is that you and <laughs> levi my son was cracking up he was like oh that was cool you know so it's like it's and i looked like absolute shit by the way i just came back from a workout but um 
I don't know. Like, it's cute. Like, it's not, it hasn't gotten to a point. I mean, it's a little weird when I see pictures of me on the train, like on social media. Right. When I didn't know someone, I didn't see a phone out. You know, it's a little weird. Oh, that's, that's that a, a little, little creepy. creepy. Yeah. That stuff. But I don't know. I so, don't feel it. And do you ever feel like worried for your kids? Like people coming up to them like, oh, your mom. I don't know. They're so young. Like that hasn't happened. They're always like with someone. Right. You know, they're like with me or my nanny or my husband. So it's not like they haven't, that hasn't really happened. Yeah. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So what would you say, you know, for the Mezcal, like your goal for it? I really hope to change the industry in a way that's meaningful. And what is – what do you want to see changed? So I feel like now is a time where people are exploring, you know, people are sober curious or people are still drinking really heavily and they can't figure out how to get out of it. And my lifestyle is one that I feel like a lot of people ask about. Like, how do you stay fit? Like, what do you eat? What do you – do you drink? Like, and if you – I mean, whoever watches the show, they see like, I'll get tipsy, but I never get like wasted. I just don't really do that anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think what's so beautiful about mezcal or really any any spirit that you vetting, you know, that's good quality is that you can sip it and have a good spirited night and then have a great day the next day. Right. You know, the problem is have a heavily drinking and I would never promote that, but also like the mixers and the sugar and like crappy wine that stuff gets you more hungover than just a good proper spirit. Right. You know what I mean? With like nothing in it. I drank wine from a restaurant on this trip that I was on recently. And I think I had like three glasses, which is, you know, one too many probably. But I was hungover the next day. Yeah. Spins. Like I felt nauseous. And I had been I had been drinking like on the trip, but I didn't get that feeling. Not once. Right. So I think it's like paying attention to what you're putting in your body the same way we pay attention to the food that we eat like i'm very conscious about what i'm eating and where i'm getting it from and you know what the ingredients are but people don't think about that when they think about their spirit and they should yeah so what's different about yours is it organic is it yeah. harvested differently like so a lot of things first of all it is made with espadine and quiche which is quiche is a wild agave and it's hard to come by and it's very, actually has health benefits, believe it or not. Um, first of all, people don't realize that tequila and mezcal are very different. Yeah. So tequila is a type of mezcal, but mezcal is not tequila in the sense that tequila is only made from blue Weber agave, okay. which is heavily industrialized. The way you make tequila is like super industrialized as well. It's not like the organic process. Mezcal has to be my Mexican law also 100% pure agave, while tequila does not. It only has to be 51%. Okay. So that's where you're getting like hidden additives and sugars, vanilla extract. Like that's why it's sometimes it tastes creamy. Mezcal literally is just pure agave. Wow. So doctors will say if you're going to drink anything, you should drink mezcal. I'm I'm going to switch on yeah. the rare times that I some. drink. I'll send you some. Oh, exciting. Yeah, it has like, I mean, it promotes gut health. Like it's got a lot of 
these things. You should never drink in excess, but in moderation, it's not bad. Um, and ours is zero carb, zero sugar. Also, everyone, first of all, we're sustainable. So any, any agave plant that we cut down, we plant seven more. Um, yeah, everyone in the factory has a piece of equity. There's half are female, half or more that work in the factory are female. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's, we're, we're approaching this differently. Yeah. This is meant to be in collaboration with the people of Oaxaca, not to like take anything away from it. Yeah. And we're also have a charitable aspect, which is, and I'm a sustainability person, um, which is working with this, this man who created a charity in Tulum to, have you been, you've been, I've been, but, okay. uh, 11 years ago. Okay. Did you notice the seaweed in the ocean? So we spent New Year's day just cleaning up the beach because yeah. it had all washed ashore along with all the trash. And my one year old, my two year old was Ew, like, trash, really? Oh, the trash in the seaweed. It was, it was terrible. Oh, we like cleaned the sea, the there's beach. a seaweed problem. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. And they were burying it, trying to bury it. And mm-hmm. we were, yeah. Okay. So there's this guy in Tulum that we found that actually takes the seaweed and creates bricks out of them and builds buildings and homes. Wow. So we are contributing to his charity as well. Oh, that's Actually, awesome. Abe is helping him get like, get it to be a, an official charity. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. It's fun. Makes it worth it. Yeah. You know? Well, I love that you're using this opportunity and doing it right. Yeah. Because some people would just slap their name on something and who cares where we get it from. But it seems like you've really thoughtfully looked at every aspect of this. Yeah. So now that you're managing, you know, kids, Ms. Cal, um, your interior design, the show, like how do, how does that work in your life? So I actually called my therapist who I hadn't spoken to in a while and I was like, help me. <laughs> I was like, help. And she's so amazing. She was like, okay, this is what you're going to do. And we sat down and we categorized each portion of my life yeah. and put bullet points under each one. And it was like, I, she's like, look at this every day and achieve what you want to achieve from that list. Every day, you don't have to do each one every day, but you have it. And every month you rewrite it. And it's like, these are the action steps to take for each one. That's what I do. And it's really helpful. Yep. Yeah. I have a quadrant. You do? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And it's a separate list for everything. And I look at it. a big list person. So. But I need I need to write it down. Like I can't Same. have it in my phone. Oh no, I have I have a planner. Yeah, it's like this big. Yeah, people make fun of me. I take it everywhere. Yeah, same. <laughs> it's huge. It's actually called the Law of Attraction book. <laughs> so embarrassing, but it has it all organized. So I use that. Oh, that's nice. So that calmed you down fully. Like okay. just having it written yeah. by my hand in a book that I look at. Yeah, and also I think like writing it down makes it like stick with you mm-hmm. for longer. Um, but yeah, that helps a lot. And would you say that on the times when you're filming, it was like, oh my gosh, I still actually have a business to run. And how did you, Mm -hmm. how did you do that? At one point I was like, you guys have to come with me because I can't film without going to my clients. We have an install. And so they came. Yeah. And actually it was crazy because it was of course the one time my contractor was walking on the planks and fell through the ceiling of my, of the neighbor. I'm like, how does this happen the one time they're here? But it was like crazy. Um, but yeah, like I just, I don't know. I think also going into it another season, you know what it's like and how chaotic it is. So it's easier to plan. Yeah. But I, it was hard for me to like schedule things. At what point 
in filming did you know were you like this i can't just be filming i have to work and then come From, along oh there. always always like the the crew would always joke like do you always have your ipad out no i'm like yeah i have to work right like you're not paying the bills <laughs> at all so jesus <laughs> so tell me what 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 has changed for you since the show and what hasn't um good or bad i'm trying to think for me it's tricky to have this like social presence now which i never had i was not a big instagram person okay like i was private and i had like three thousand followers um it's tricky because the commentary can really bait you and the commentary within social like, yeah like fans just random people right and you, you know, read like it? the trolls. Well, I, I, I made the mistake of doing it, which is literally the one piece of advice everyone gave me. Do not read the comments. No, I think I would die. Do not read the comments. Yeah. yeah, but it's so hard not to the first season. Right. And I think everyone does. Right. But like they learn second season not Oof. to. Yeah. Oof. So I did it and I made that mistake. And I remember one of the producers who I absolutely love, I love them all, said to me, how often did you watch a reality TV show and then take to your laptop or your phone and say, you stupid bitch, like, I don't like you. She's like, did you ever do that in your life? Do you even follow the fan accounts? Like, right. I'm like, no, actually. She's yeah. like, well, there are, most people are like you. Right. And I think that that like has stuck with me and it makes you kind of feel better in the moments where like the f crazy fans get on you for something. Yep. You know, so. And you have you haven't met one of these crazy fans in person, have you? Me, no. Okay. Honestly, people are so nice. Yeah. Like overwhelmingly nice. Yeah. And excited. Yeah. And it makes it worth it. BravoCon really makes things, puts things into perspective and makes it exciting. That's nice. Yeah. We had an incident where we had um, made an agreement with PETA that we would do no fur. And this great. was years ago. That's great. And then someone, not me, and really not me, um, just put up a fur item. and On your? For what? sale. Like, like develop, on your site? Yeah. It, oh, my God. Anyways. Um, whoa. The, the angry fans mm. came out, and I was like, whoa. Like, my favorite quote was, you'll forever be remembered as a baby rabbit killer. Oh and I God. screenshotted it because I had to laugh. I was like, this is ridiculous. I kill cows for a living. Like, it's not that far off. But right. anyways, um, I got a taste of that, and I was like, wow, people are yeah. Can, some people, majority are great, but some people can be trolls. Well, the problem also is, is there's no like explaining, like there's no understanding. There's no, there's no like, I mean, this whole thing happened, came, I'm sure you saw it with my rent. Did you see that? It's yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. And it's like, if you read the article, you understand that I was doing what was in my, within my rights and I would do it again. And even if they wrote 10 more articles, but it's like. If you if you read it, like this is a real issue that goes on in New York. Like five months, no elevator, having mice pro like I'm I had to do something to get it fixed. Yeah. And then there were six months that went on. It's not like I just didn't pay my rent. Why would I renovate a huge a uh, you know, apartment that I lived in right. for all this time and just decide not to pay my rent one day? It doesn't right. make sense. Right. So, you know, like I, that kind of stuff, like those comments are just like obnoxious. It's like, pay attention. Yeah. You know, if you're going to make the comment, at least read the article. Yeah. You know, in full. So whatever. But it's, I, but I learned how to brush it off. Like I felt. I was going to just about to say that. You're, you, I feel like you just are like. Yeah. I really whatever. was fine this time. I remember. So the things that get me 
are not like the public perception. It was the like the day before the reunion, I thought it was going to go really bad because of the texts I was getting in the group chat and like like the fighting within the group, like that got me. Like wow. I was I had to take a bath to calm down at one point. Like I was on the phone with the producers, I was crying like I was so like uncomfortable with the fact that I would be in a room with people that I like, cared about. Yeah. You know, and that they would just attack me. That riled me up way more than this stupid shit. Wow. Yeah. This is the thing that I don't understand. It's all grown, mature women. And the cattiness is next level. Yeah. On our show? I mean, it's not as bad. No, it's not as bad. But just like the fact that you're having a group chat and they're attacking you in it. Like, I don't deal with that in my life in terms of like my friends. And so like, I don't know that I'm equipped. I don't know that I would be equipped to, to deal with that. It's not easy, but at the end of the day, it's like it's like any honestly girl group. Like right. there are always going to be disagreements and like arguments, right? And it's it's a little bit more of like a pressure cooker, right? You know, when you're on a show, but it's still the same, right? And it's natural, you know. Like Uba and I got into something, we didn't know each other well enough in that way before that happened, and now it's like we both know. We right. know like what our intentions are. I don't think that she meant she went off on me, but I don't think that she meant any actual malice, which to me, the intention is more important than for sure. People can, I mean, I'm, I have one of five. We get in crazy fights. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm used I to mean, it. siblings next level. Yeah. Yeah. So I always wrap my interviews with two questions. What is one thing we'd be surprised to know about you? Okay. Is the first question. It can be funny. It can be embarrassing. It can be a skill. Um, I'll give you two. Okay. One, no one would ever think that I ran the New York City Marathon, but I did. And wow. that was a bucket list. Did you train for it? Like barely. What? No, I'm not a runner. I How do you suck just at running. Run? How do you just well, I run? ran like 10 miles. That was like my longest one. Okay. It was awful though. I hated every minute of it. <laughs> hated. <laughs> did you have a good time? Like time as in like no. the, the time you finished it. No. Not, no. So my husband's father passed away from brain cancer. So Abe wanted to run it for, to raise money for the charity. That was the only time I'd be like, okay, fine, let's do it. Yeah. And we started running together in the beginning and he was like, come on, like, let's go. And I'm, I was like, fuck off. <laughs> I'm like, you run on your own and I'll meet you at the end. Like, I cannot deal with this. So I would have to wait for me like an hour and a half. Oh my God. <laughs> I hate running. Um, and then let's think of something funny and embarrassing. I'm trying to think. I, I mean, love that you're so going many. for the funny and embarrassing one. I know. One. There's so many. It's disgusting. But I can probably eat two like huge bags of smart food cheddar popcorn in one sitting. Wow. <laughs> I know. That's a lot of fiber. <laughs> I know. Is it? It's fibrous? Popcorn? popcorn? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't recommend thing. it as yeah, like but smart a food is like the shitty one. It's terrible for you, it. but it's so good. I'm like addicted real- to popcorn. I could eat like a shitload of it. Oh my gosh. I know. It's well, not good. And you remain your life self. No, no, no. I, this is like workout. That's why. What is this routine that you do that you can uh, be this way after three kids? <laughs> I mix it up. I do like I did berries this morning at 6 a.m. Oh wow. Yeah. And you get up early all the time like that? Not all the time, but I like to wake up at like 5:30. Like five, five thirty. Always been that way. No. Oh. Oh my God. I was such a sleeper. I was like a late sleeper. When did that change? Because kids. Okay. Because if I don't wake up early, I feel like I have no time to myself. Yeah. Same. And I need like an hour. Yeah. I need an hour before I work out. 
No, 30 minutes. Okay. Like so have you a wake up, you have a coffee, then you do your hour-long workout, yeah. then then the day starts. Then the day starts. Wow. I yeah. admire that discipline. I mean, it's not every day, but a lot of days. Yeah. Okay. So my last question for you is a piece of advice you would love to leave listeners with, either that you learned the hard way or someone gave to you that was helpful. Hmm. I think this goes for every aspect of life, but I'm going to give this to your um, single listeners because I feel like a lot of people have been asking me questions about like how I met my husband and what advice do you have for like your single self. Don't put pressure on yourself. I say this all the time also to like moms that have just had a kid and want to lose weight. Like there's too much pressure in society to like meet someone right away or, you know, to like lose the baby weight. You know, the pressure, I think sometimes it's like, and I believe in this so much in terms of like the law of attraction and how you think brings things to you. And I think sometimes people think like, well, if I think about losing weight or if I think about meeting someone, then I'm going to do it. But sometimes you're met with like this resistance right. that stops it because you want it so bad. So you're subconsciously worried about it happening. But it's like if everyone just calmed down, I think it would come easier. Yeah. You know? I do. I think it's hard to get out of that mindset if totally. you're trying to get pregnant. And you're like, oh, okay, I just got to relax. And when I relax, I'll get pregnant. And then it's like, 100%. it doesn't happen. You're like, but I relax. It's just like a total mind fuck. It's a total mind fuck. And I struggle with it fully. But I think sometimes the best way to, to mitigate that is distraction. Right. You know, just do something else. Yeah. Just, you know, totally find a new hobby. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I also think you, I mean, you didn't meet your husband on a dating app. No. At a bar. Right. Classy. Those are the old fashioned yeah. days though. I mean, so I'm I not a, for some I'm not women a, who are like my expiration date, the eggs, yeah. it's tough. Like totally. I would not survive right now if I had to go find a man. I know. But like go to music festivals, yeah. like go to concerts, go to, go to you love. bars, like do stuff that you like and that you, that guys like, Yeah, you know? Yeah. No, it's a good point. I love that. Did you think of anything embarrassing in this uh, interim? I wasn't thinking about it. There's so (laughs) many embarrassing things. So many embarrassing. Oh, I have a really good embarrassing story. Really good. I was sitting with my ex-boyfriend. Oh, my God. I get like hot thinking about it. And he was it was it was me. And I think I was in the driver's seat. And he was in the passenger seat. My sister was in the back and I had just picked up bagels and I brought them all the bagels. And for some reason, I forgot he was there because it was like my sister was there and I'm so comfortable being in the car with her and I was talking to her and I just like let one rip. Oh my God. Like a loud fart, like, (laughs) like loud. And he goes, and I was like, and my sister starts cracking up. She was like, what did you just do? Are you crazy? I was like, oh my God, I forgot you were here. I love that. I love that That's so much. Good one. That's, a, That's a really good one. I mean, I I do it all the time at this point in front of my husband, but I know a lot of people that keep it discreet. And I like cough when I do it sometimes. That's and he's what like, my mother in law does. And Abe's like, I know what you're doing. Just do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my god. Well, thank you for coming on today. It was nice to spend time with you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. Where can everyone buy your gorgeous mascara? Oh, well, we're we just launched uh, this month in New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, Rhode Island, Hamptons. Um, but you can get us online if you're not in the tri-state area. Okay, and you should ask for it at your local bar. Yes, or best around. Well, we're at we're at um, the Chelsea Hotel. We're at Zero Bond. We're in a bunch of restaurants soon, very soon. Awesome. Thanks for being so real. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was so fun. Good. 
I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithm. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again, and you will hear from me next week. Sponsored by Magnum Ice Cream. Our delicious layers of velvety ice cream, gooey sauces, and cracking Belgian chocolate are the perfect pairing to your Valentine's or Galentine's Day celebrations. From classics like double raspberry to duets like cookie duet, Magnum has a taste of unapologetic indulgence for everyone. Indulge in love. Make your Valentine's or Galentine's Day extra special with Magnum ice cream.